Well, 2023 turned out to be one of the strongest years in gaming that we've had in well over a decade. And with the Game Awards deadline just two weeks away, I wanted to make my own predictions. Many debates and discussions will likely be had about who deserves a Game of the Year nomination. And obviously, after that, it means there'll be a lot of back and forth about who will take home the Game of the Year prize. I plan on co-streaming the Game Awards for you. And before that, I wanted to comb through the categories and the nominations once they are announced and revealed. But in this discussion, I want to predict what the nominations and the winner will be for Game of the Year in particular, while also saying what my own personal Game of the Year is. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video, so that way you don't have to go looking for it. If you like this kind of content, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my live shows. So with the Game Award nominations fast approaching, I thought it would be fun to walk through my own predictions. Coming up with a solid list of six nominations was tougher than I expected. Not because we lacked good game launches this year, but quite the opposite. 2023 has been such a strong year, it's actually harder to pick who won't get nominated for Game of the Year. So first I want to give my predictions about the actual Game of the Year nominations themselves. I have six honorable mentions in addition to that list because there were just too many big games this year. Now obviously I have not played every single one of these games to completion, but given the method of voting and how games get nominated, critical reception and reviews can be a very good indicator. So my list is not necessarily my own vote, but a prediction of what the jury process with the Game Awards will lead to. And yes, I am well aware that I will have to speak as to why I don't think Starfield will get a nomination. Beyond my own personal belief that it doesn't deserve it, it's clear that there are just too many games in its way. I will make my case on that in a moment. The second thing I want to do is predict who will win Game of the Year this year. Yes, we have had this discussion many times, and I'm sure we will get into a debate about why I am choosing one game over another. But again, this is more about predicting what the voting and the jury process will lead to. It also just so happens that I agree that the Game of the Year that will win is the one that deserves it. So my opinion does seem to line up with where the reviews are, even though like when I wanted God of War Ragnarok to win, I was okay and happy with Elden Ring winning because I felt it deserved it, and I believe that this year will be no different. Lastly, I do want to talk about what my own personal game of the year is. I will own my bias in that section and openly admit that I don't expect my favorite game this year to win the coveted prize. So let's just walk through the nominations, but before I walk through my predictions about what's get you know nominated i want to show you how the game award does their nominations and the reason that i'm doing this is because my predictions are based off of this process this is not my own personal view of each individual game i know people are going to attempt to discredit this video or me and claim well he hasn't even played all those games i am not claiming to have played them this is not my list this is a prediction based off of the following you can see here how are nominees selected? So what this image is, is it's directly from the Game Awards website, and the image reads as follows. Nominees for most categories of the Game Awards are chosen by an international jury of over 100 global media and influencer outlets selected for their history of critical video game evaluation. Specialized juries also convene for other categories, including esports accessibility and best adaptation. Each voting outlet completes a confidential, unranked ballot based on the collective and diverse opinion of its entire 
entire editorial staff, listing out its top five choices in each category. Ballots are tabulated, and the five games that appear on the most ballots are put forth as nominees. In the event of a tie, six or more nominees will be announced in a category, so you can't have more than six. There's been six Game of the Year nominations since like 2018 or 2019, so there could be seven this year because there's just so many. Game Awards producer Jeff Keighley is not a member of the jury and does not vote for the nominees or the winners. Similarly, the Game Awards advisory board has no involvement in the awards process and learns of the the results at the same time as the general public okay so basically that's what i'm basing my predictions on none of what i'm going to argue in this video is like well i played the game and i think it's great now obviously i'll throw that in there where i feel it's fitting if i played a game or i have a personal opinion but these predictions are largely based off of what we have seen because i think you're going to see open critic the way it's ranked there i think that's going to be a general trend of where things low i put them in order of my most certain to my least certain because the first four i think are really really easy to pick i think the first four games nobody's going to really be in doubt about so the first game that i believe is the most certain to get a nomination is Baldur's gate 3 it is currently in the number one position on open critic with a 96 there literally does not seem to be even the remotest possibility that this game will not be nominated when games are this universally praised they tend to get a lot of nominations beyond that the community response has been undeniable after releasing months ago its second weekend hit a player peak of 875,000 players it still is hitting peaks well over 200,000 players and this is just on steam that's one platform this is not an MMO it currently has a 96 on steam a 96% now that's from 300 142,000 votes. So this game, no question in my mind, it's getting a Game of the Year nomination. Now the second game that I think is basically a guaranteed nomination is Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. For many, this was the front runner, and it still is. Much like when Breath of the Wild came out, many see the innovation and evolution of Breath of the Wild as significant in Tears of the Kingdom. I honestly hope that the rumors about the next Switch and backwards compatibility are true, because Tears of the Kingdom was one of the coolest open world games I have ever played. I just really, really want the 60 FPS experience. Tears of the Kingdom is currently in second place on Open Critic with a 96. So it is up there with Baldur's Gate. They're basically, in many people's minds, sort of tied or first. Now the third game that I believe will get a nomination is Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Anything first party Nintendo tends to do very well, but this game is getting very strong critical acclaim. I have been enjoying the game co-op with my wife, so that's always a plus. I have yet to try this out with my kiddos because there are characters who can't take damage. I was going to see like how this played with them. Super Mario Wonder is currently in 8th place with a 91. And this is when folks might start to say like, hey, why wouldn't you just pick the top six from Open Critic, right? That's an aggregate of their critical scores across the board. Why wouldn't you just pick the top six? And you're like, yeah, there's your six Game of the Year nominations. Well, it's not that simple, okay? Considering the method that these games are nominated, that is sort of influencing my list. It's not just a pure scientific exercise of like, well, these are the top rated games on Open Critic, so these are the games that are going to win. As an example, 
Metroid Prime Remastered is in third place, and it's likely not eligible for Game of the Year since it is just a remaster. But then there's a game like Videoverse. That's its name, Videoverse. It's for PC. It only has 10 reviews. It's currently in fourth place with a 92, okay? So, like, you can't just pick according to that. You can't just say, like, well, there, you know, let's just pick the top six because there's games like that. Like, Videoverse did not make some big, huge splash this year, and everybody was talking about it. This is the first I've heard about it. I'm sure it's a great game, but Game of the Year is going to consider wide, like, basically community-wide reception from the industry. These are the people that are voting, the people that wrote the blog articles, made the videos, reviewed the games, played the games. So when a game only has 10 reviews, it's likely not going to make the cut. So you have to sort of look at what games were larger, what games were more well-known, and then did they have challenges in being very well-known and reviewed by so many outlets. Like the more reviews you get, the harder it is to maintain a really good score. So the fourth game on my top six that I believe will get a nomination, this is right below Mario Wonder on Open Critic. So if you're like, yeah, man, Mario Wonder deserves a seat at the table, well, Spider-Man 2 is in ninth place with a 91. It stands to reason that both Super Mario and Spider-Man are hugely popular, which means they are purchased and reviewed more. Landing a 91 is impressive for both of these games. I was originally on record believing that Spider-Man 2 would have a hard time getting a Game of the Year nomination. I figured it would land in the high 80s. Holding on to a 91 is very respectable. And after playing the game for 15 to 20 hours, I can confidently say they did all the things that I want to see in a sequel so that it is worthy of a Game of the Year nomination. But now we are getting to the last two positions. Positions 5 and 6. And this is when it gets a little bit more difficult. This is when I'm a little bit less sure about my predictions because I don't really know exactly where this is going to land. That's why I had to include 6 honorable mentions. There are so many good games this year. I'm sure I'm going to leave one out that you're like, no man, you forgot about this game. Well, maybe wait and see. We'll see where I I end up on this. Okay, so the fifth game. The fifth game that I believe will get a nomination is the Resident Evil 4 remake. Now, the reason I'm a little less sure about this one is not bec- is because of its rank and its score. It's that that has nothing to do with it actually. It's in fifth place with a 92, so its rank and its score is not really what I'm considering. I'm not sure if the jury process will result in this game showing up in the list from the games media, but then I did a little research. Resident Evil 2 Remake was nominated in 2019. So the jury process has no problem giving a great remake a nomination. So that game, almost assuredly, I think Resident Evil 4 is going to be up there. Again, I'm a little shaky on it. I'm not sure if the jury's going to think differently this year. Like, man, there's just too many new games to include a remake because 2023 is just so crazy. But... I think that one's going to be up there. Like I said, in 2019, the Resident Evil 2 remake made it up there. The question is, was 2019 maybe less challenging? I don't know. This year seems insane. Now, the sixth game that I think is going to be up there is one that just came out, okay? But it's being celebrated everywhere as one of the best multi-plat games this year. 
Alan Wake 2. Artistically, the game is absolutely nailing it. Now, the first boss fight, I've seen some complaints and criticisms. Some are calling it a brutal intro into the game's combat. I myself felt it was, like, awkward. There were, like, these grabs that felt maybe they were scripted, like maybe you're not always supposed to be able to dodge. I'm not really sure. It was a high fail rate fight because of some of the mechanics in the fight. Some people actually think that there might be some problems with it. I I have, however, concluded from what everybody else is saying, the rest of the game is immaculate. In a year where a lot of multi-plats have landed in a rough state, Alan Wake 2 is being praised for its performance on the PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series X, and the PC. The only bummer for the PC audience is this is an Epic Store exclusive, and according to the Epic Store GM, it will be one for a long time. Now, before I explain why I am predicting that Starfield will not get a Game of the Year nomination because I know that's going to happen. I know the, 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 the hardcore Xbox fans, the people that think Starfield is amazing, they're, they, they're like, man, this thing's getting a Game of the Year nomination. Let me just go through my honorable mentions. I'm going to make a mathematical case here that I don't think Starfield gets up there according to the jury process. Yes, it is my own personal opinion. It doesn't deserve to be up there, but according to the jury process and just the way all the games landed this year, I don't think it stands a chance, okay? Now, it really helps establish why I think that when you look at the, you know, the stats here, okay? So, the six honorable mentions. First, Sea of Stars. I didn't go grab trailers for these. I didn't want to have like 12 tabs open for all the different trailers. So I got you the six trailers for the first six, but I don't have trailers for these ones, okay? Now, Sea of Stars is admittedly not my style of game. It received great scores everywhere. It's in 19th overall on Open Critic with an 89. I'm going to go much faster through the honorable mentions. So that's my first honorable mention. The second is Final Fantasy 16. There is some bias here. I really enjoyed Final Fantasy 16. 16, but it is showing up on a lot of the game of the year prediction lists that I'm looking at already. It's in 28th place with an 88. Again, I think it deserves mentioning. It might actually sneak into the nominations just based on the game's media feeling towards it. There's nostalgia. It's Final Fantasy. Now, if you're going to react to any of these these games and be like, no way, dude, Final Fantasy 16 doesn't deserve to be up there. 28th place with an 88. Just wait till you see where Starfield landed. Okay. Now, third honorable mention is street fighter six this game i i i don't think would be on the list for nominations because fighting games tend to not be up there if it was based purely off of their rank uh street fighter six is in seventh place with a 92 now i don't play fighting games okay and i think i'm in good company fighting games sports games and car games they don't typically get game of the year nominations i think it's because when you go through the jury process enough of the outlets and their editorial staff are like me they're like i don't really like car games so it's going to be hard to see a car game or in this case a fighting game like street fighter make it on a list of 5 because this year's crazy and the editorial staff's going to do that. They're going to lean away from those games because I think typically when you go to these outlets, they have one or two specific people that play the fighting games or play the sports or the racing games. And then the rest of the editorial staff are less likely to be 
in that camp. And as much as I did not enjoy where the game ended up, my fourth honorable mention is Diablo 4. It's in 24th place with an 88 on Open Critic. I don't see it getting a nomination. Many outlets have probably felt the fall from grace, so I don't see them saying, oh yeah, I put Diablo 4 up there for a game of the year. I just don't think it ranked high enough for a Blizzard game, for a long-standing franchise. I, I just don't think so. It's been it's been too criticized. It had a rocky launch in many people's minds with respect to balance and other things. So it deserves an honorable mention because it is one of the bigger games this year, but I don't see it getting up on the podium. My fifth honorable mention is Hi-Fi Rush. A slight amount of bias here. I really enjoyed watching my daughter beat this. This is one of the first games she beats to completion. I believe Kirby and the Forgotten Lands was the first game she ever beat completely on her own. And then she beat Hi-Fi Rush. A little bit of help for me every once in a while. Some of the platforming timing areas were kind of tough, but she did it on her own. So there's a little bit of bias at play here, but... It certainly made a splash. It will likely get nominated in some of the other categories. So I deserve it. It deserves to be mentioned in an honorable mention list. And it actually ranks higher than Starfield as well. My sixth honorable mention is based purely off of score and popularity. Pikmin 4 is another high 80s title that's getting great reception. It's in 27th place with an 88. So I I just think that that one deserves to be mentioned as well. So many games. Now, I was going to include Lies of P. I'm not going to include Liza P as an honorable mention because it doesn't help my case. It didn't it didn't rank all that well on Open Critic. Every game I just listed ranked higher than Starfield. So that's how I'm making my case here. Okay, so just to restate, the six that I believe will get nominated are Baldur's Gate 3, Tears of the Kingdom, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake and Alan Wake 2. Then the honorable mentions, Sea of Stars, Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Diablo 4, Hi-Fi Rush, and Pikmin 4. All 12 of these games are ranked higher than Starfield. 12 games all showing up on lists and predictions. Starfield was in 39th place with an 85. Now, it would be completely out of order to include it because it automatically would make it like it would mean that it should be better reviewed. Okay, it would be out of order. It, it, it's it's not better ranked. It's not better reviewed. What that means is a game that is better ranked or is better reviewed would get bumped from the nomination list. Yes, I know this is going to be considered Xbox hate or media bias, whatever that is. Whatever conspiratorial theories that you can come up with for Starfield not getting Game of the Year or not getting a Game of the Year nomination, listen, I could see it getting some nominations for soundtrack or the RPG category, even though the RPG category is going to be pretty tough because Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be in there. But Game of the Year is too stacked this year to consider a game with such middling consumer reception scores on both Xbox and Steam. The 12 games that I listed all have really strong scores with the audience. The audiences loved these games. The reception matched the critical acclaim. Starfield is not higher ranked than any of these games, and it does not have impressive scores with even its own home user base. So... I know that's going to be a point of contention. I know people are going to be like, why didn't you include Starfield? I felt like I had to specifically address that game and why I don't think it's getting nominated. So, who do I think will win Game of the Year? Well, I've expressed this many times. Nobody's going to be shocked by what I'm about to say. Baldur's Gate 3 will lose to Tetris. I'm just kidding. Baldur's Gate 3 will undoubtedly win Game of the Year. Okay, it's going to win 
handedly. Let me explain why. First, I will say the sequel aspect is playing a part here, okay? This is the third game, but Baldur's Gate 2 came out over 20 years ago. Now, everybody's sort of seeing this game going toe-to-toe with Tears of the Kingdom. Well, the time between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom is six years. So, and it's very clearly more of a direct sequel, okay? Tears of the Kingdom is a game where they use the same map, the base level combat systems, the enemies, there's countless other reused assets. Now, there is nothing wrong with that at all. But when the previous game, Breath of the Wild, already won Game of the Year, I believe the sequel has to do significantly more. And prior to Baldur's Gate 3 releasing, it was clear that everybody felt Tears of the Kingdom had done enough to lock in another Game of the Year win. And with a 96 on Open Critic, it's tough to argue against that. So first and foremost, in the realm of sequels, I think it's clear, after 20 years, Baldur's Gate 3 has done significantly more. Secondly, and most importantly, Baldur's Gate 3 did the seemingly impossible. They took a turn-based CRPG, gave it a level of freedom, love, and polish that the entire gaming industry took notice of, to the point that other game developers were like, do not expect that from us, okay? That's a larger discussion about what was actually talked about, but it made a splash even with developers. In other words, Tears of the Kingdom made everybody say, I can't believe they pulled this off within the world of Zelda that they previously used. And I think that's worthy of praise. Like, people were sort of shocked that they pulled this off. But the response to Baldur's Gate 3 was entirely different. It was like, how is this even possible? How is a game giving me this much freedom so again my prediction is not based off of my own experience it is based off of the industry and how it responded to Baldur's Gate 3 this will feed into the jury process keep in mind I've stated that so many times if anybody's out there claiming that I'm calling game of the year without playing the games I'm basing it off of industry response feeding into the jury process of the game awards so the most important question What is my personal game of the year, okay? Well, I've been pretty open about my bias, okay? I love open-world action-adventure games. I love open-world action RPG games. This is one of the reasons I've leaned very heavily towards Sony this generation. So those are just the games that I'm I'm enjoying, and that's just kind of where they live. There's tons of them there, and they're they're well, well in high quality. So prior to Spider-Man 2 releasing, my personal game of the year was Jedi Survivor with a bunch of qualifications. I actually don't want Jedi Survivor to get nominated for a lot of awards. The publisher... Disney, the property owner, anybody that was making executive level decisions with respect to Star Wars property, I want them to see what happens when you mistreat your valuable IP. Sadly, the commercial success of Star Wars Jedi Survivor is going to encourage them to continue. I believe the third Jedi game is going to be a disaster. The director left shortly after they got the con- the console version of the game into a respectable state. Uh, I believe that is re- in relation to Disney wanting to push a cadence of release that's unreasonable. They want a new Star Wars game every six months. And they likely said, hey, let's make the third Star Wars Jedi game. And they probably gave them a timeline. And the director says, I don't want to do this again. Because Jedi Survivor clearly launched before it was ready. And listen, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and the gameplay elements were satisfying, they were well evolved over the previous game, so it was my personal game of the year. And then, Spider-Man 2 
came out. Now, I was on record thinking that Spider-Man 2 would struggle to get a Game of the Year nomination. It being a superhero game may still keep it out of the contest since 2023 is so stacked. But for me personally, this game has blown away all expectations. Even over the weekend, more things were happening with characters and the story that left my jaw sort of on the floor like, I can't believe they're doing this. This is awesome, okay? No spoilers, but I finally got to play the famous lizard chase from the trailers, and the trailers barely do that sequence any justice. And I know folks are going to say, but you haven't finished the game. Well, it would be completely insane for a game to be this good and enjoyable for roughly 15 to 20 hours and then suddenly fall from that level of quality. So listen, I'm taking my time. I'm enjoying it. I'm playing the way that my current season of life allows me to a few hours here and there in the evenings when I can spare some time when I'm not doing something with the family, okay? But I believe that it deserves the nomination, okay? It stands incredibly tall this year. It's a superhero game, it's an action-adventure game, and it's holding on to a 91. It's up there with Super Mario Bros. Wonder. That's respectable, and I believe that's why it deserves a nomination and should be through the jury process up there with five other great titles. But the truth is this. No matter who wins... No matter who gets nominated, I know this is corny to say, we've said it many times, but I think this year it is uniquely very true. 2023 was so good that the true winners this year are the gamers. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions here. This is probably one of the most challenging lists to come up with. Like when someone says, what's your favorite game of all time? I'm like, can I pick a specific era? You know, can I pick regular Nintendo? Can I pick Super Nintendo? And what was my favorite game at that point? Like, don't make me pick The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past like over Hellblade or Ghost of Tsushima. I really struggle with lists like this. Similarly, this year, it was so stacked, it was really tough to predict who the big six are going to be. The second thing I want to say is the debate about Starfield will sadly not die down anytime soon. Lengthy reviews are rejected because I guess nobody plays a game for a hundred of hours and then doesn't recommend it. You only play a game for that long because you loved every minute of it and then just decided to lie at the end. I don't get that. So lengthy reviews are rejected as illegitimate. Short reviews are rejected as illegitimate as well. You didn't play long enough. I just... I can't see it getting a game of the no- a game of the year nomination in a year where Baldur's Gate 3, Tears of the Kingdom, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Alan Wake 2, Sea of Stars, Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Diablo 4, Hi-Fi Rush, Pikmin 4. All 12 of those games rank higher than Starfield. This is both my opinion that it doesn't deserve it, but I believe that the voting process alone should come to the same verdict. My conclusion is this. What really matters at the end of the day is that gaming is hopefully turning a corner. My biggest concern about 2023 is that the cadence and the quality was a lot of surplus and overflow from previous years and delays. This will make many say, well, you know, 2024 sucks. It's not as good as 2023. I hope I'm wrong about that, but I do think the next couple of years will be a little bit Thinner. I'm not saying they're going to be terrible. I just don't think this year is something that will be replicated. The sheer quantity of games is nuts. Like Mario and Spider-Man released on the same day. Like why? Like what's going on? I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the future 
is brighter and every year gets better than this. The, the point is, I don't think we should let 2023 fool us, but also I do think it should show what the standard of quality should be. This year proves one thing very clearly. If you let your devs take their time and pour passion into the games they're making, then everybody wins. And that's the show open. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm interested to know what your lists are. I'm interested to know what games you would pick. That's my six nominations. In addition to six nominations that I think will land, I have six honorable mentions. So 12 games in total. Appreciate you guys so, so much being here. Make sure you smash the like button. There's over 500 of you here. We could easily have 200 likes. And every time, I don't know how that happens, I get a smudge on my glasses and throughout the entire monologue, it's just like driving me crazy. Oh man, I can't get the smudge off these right now. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to switch glasses. The microfiber uh, cloths that I have, sometimes they need replaced because they end up just like smudging the glasses more. And that one must be, uh, this guy must have outlived its life. Where does Starfield land on Lono's list? Honorable mention? No, it didn't even get an honorable mention. The the reason I mentioned Starfield is I know that's what everybody's going to say. They're going to be like, why isn't Starfield getting a nomination according to you? Well, because there's 12 games. Like, I had to pick six for the nominations, okay? There are 12 games that are insanely good. Great reception from the critics and the industry and the users. And they're they're all ranked higher than Starfield. So it's like, how can you give Starfield a nomination when there's that many insane games? What were your reasons for not including Hogwarts? Hogwarts doesn't rank high enough. It doesn't. I mean, I can tell you exactly where it ranks on Open Critic. I just think all those other games, all those other games just absolutely blow the competition away. Like, it's absurd. I don't even remember where Hogwarts landed. Um, it did not land very high, if, if, if my memory is correct. I'll just search for it. Uh, that was another reason why we just looked at Hogwarts Legacy and we thought, yeah, 84. Hogwarts Legacy is ranked lower than Starfield. Like, this, you have to understand something. This year is so insane that an 85 is just not good enough. Like, that's how crazy this year is. Like, anything above an 85, I think, is is potentially going to be up there. But when you're seeing, like, 90s and 95s and 96s and 91s, it's like, brother, if you're below an 85 or you're at an 85, like, if you're on the middle to lower half of the 80s, there's just no way. There's just no way. Now, the commercial success of Hogwarts, sure. Thank you so much for starting the day right. DK Baker getting us to our first gifted member. Hang on. You guys hit an insane number the other day. You got, like, all of the stretch goals. So, Han shot first, and so did you. Thank you so much, DK Baker, for gifting the first member of the day. Every 25, I give five back. You guys hit, like, 3,000 members, so you unlocked all the Fright Nights. We even did a rush on Gollum. Um, There's only today and tomorrow left in the month. So, if you guys want to go for 3,500, that would be insane. We'll have to come up with another incentive. I don't even have any incentives left. You You got all of them. Hi-Fi Rush is not going to be Game of the Year contender. I included Hi-Fi Rush in my honorable mentions. I believe it deserves to be mentioned. I believe it will get nominated in some categories. 
just not game of the year. So, Hogwarts could have been crapped and still done well commercially. I would say that that's true, but I don't think it would have been as successful. Like, I think word of mouth actually really helped it. Check it out. My daughter and I finished Yoda. We finished Yoda. The the Brick Abbey is going to start getting content again. Her and I worked together on that. We made a video. So really, really excited to start putting those videos over there. It was really, really fun. Um, so, but yeah, I think if Hogwarts would have been really, really bad, then I don't know if it would have, it would have done commercially well. Like I get your point. It wouldn't have done as commercially well, right? It would have, it would have slowly, especially because of the staggered release, like, if it would have gotten terrible reviews and people were like, this game sucks, like, what a terrible movie game or book game or whatever, and then it would have hit the old-gen consoles, old-gen consoles would have done really poorly because everybody would have been like, what, why, <laughs> I'm not buying that game, everybody said it was bad. Armor Core 6 completely ignored. I, I'm telling you, the year, I told you in the show open, I said people are going to start listing games and they're going to be like, I can't believe you didn't include my game or I can't believe you didn't include this game, right? Listen to me. That's how crazy this year is. The fact that Armored Core 6 is likely not going to be up there. I don't think it will. Now, it might show up in some of the other lists, but the year is insane. It's absolutely insane, bro. Like, it's, it's, it's not a matter of, like, everything I did with the list was I said, all right, this is what I want to do. I want to look at where everything landed for the year, look at where we feel like everything, you know, fell. Armored Core has an 85. The Armored Core is right there with Starfield at the 85. I think Starfield has an 84, right? That's that's what it was. Um, best games of 2023. Starfield currently has an 85. It's ranked 41th, so it's already gotten bumped even more. Armored Core is below it in 43rd place. I'm telling you, that's how crazy the year is. Fat Lump with 21 months. Armor Core 6 takes my game of the year in a spot in my top three games of all time, even if it gets no awards. Isn't that the thing to walk away and say? That, like, the the year is so, so good that you're like, well, my game of the year is not getting a nomination. You know, okay, that's not a big deal. Liza P didn't score very well, and a lot of people think, well, I, I've seen a lot of people say this. I've seen a lot of people say that Lies of P is their game of the year. And I think its score is why it won't get there. Because, I again, it's the jury process. There's no way you go to, like, a hundred, you know, outlets and their editorial staff. There's no way you do that and, and get a game like Armored Core or Lies of P in the nomination running for game of the year. There's just too, there's too many outlets that are going to pick different games. Baldur's Gate 3, Zelda, and Spider-Man are going to be like 95% of all of the ballots. So you got to pick two more. There's just too many games to even begin accurately predict which two it will be. Easier to say what's not getting nominated. That's why I did the six nominations and the six honorable mentions. Because I'm like, any one of these could sneak up into the nominations. Like Final Fantasy 16 could like sneak up in there. I don't know. A lot of the lists I'm looking at where they're like making game of the year predictions, they're including Final Fantasy 16. I think a lot of people really, really liked it. Even though it didn't have the greatest Metacritic, it was 86, I think. I think a lot of people were like, this thing's fantastic. 
I can confidently say five guys, uh, five games in Lono's list are locked in. Only Resident Evil 4 is debatable. Yeah, Alan Wake 2, just at the buzzer. At the freaking buzzer. We're like two weeks away from the deadline of like, your game has to come out. And Alan Wake 2 is like, hold on, everybody. You know, they're like, we've, we've got time for one more act. <laughs> and they walk out on stage and they crush it. I did just, it's, it's awesome to see. It really is. All the way down to the buzzer. Alan Wake 2. <laughs> Walks out and says, yeah, the year's not over yet, dude. It's not over. Not over until the fat lady sings. Or in that case, it's not over until the fat man dies and, and walks around and tries to kill you. Um, <laughs> Final Fantasy 16 will get best action game? Ah, I don't know about that, dude. I don't know about that. I mean, I, uh, anything taken. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 beating Spider Man for action would be kind of wild. I don't know about that, dude. The traversal in the traversal in the combat in Spider Man 2. I don't know, bro. I don't think Final Fantasy 16 can beat it. That's. I think Spider Man 2 takes the action category handedly. I really do. Alan Wake 2 will be compared to Hellblade 2. I could see that. They're very different games, though. They're very different games. Alan Wake 2 has a slower pace, a lot of dialogue, a lot of of crime solving, right? Clue collecting. Hellblade 2 is not going to be like that at all. Hellblade 2 is going to be far more focused on setting the tone and being almost a psychological experience and the combat, right? And the puzzles. Like, I don't think it's going to be like Alan Wake 2. Ganks with 31 months and a VIP says 31 months already feels like yesterday we came from purple to YouTube well who needs purple when you have a channel this strong you guys are amazing you guys went crazy on Friday there'll be another Fright Night this Friday night we'll be playing the game Don't Scream Uh, it seems like it might be a little too sensitive though I don't know how much fun we're going to have with it I watched a guy go like this he went that was how much sound he made he went and he died I was like he didn't scream. He like caught his breath. He's like, Hup. I'm like, so apparently my wife and I are going to have to sit here and like literally not say anything. Like she could just like be like, like sneeze into her microphone and I'm going to die. Like it's really sensitive. So I don't know. I don't know. But that's this Friday night. Bro sexy was 16 months in a VIP. We all won as gamers this year and next year doesn't look like the awesomeness is slowing down. Can't wait to really get into Alan Wake 2 tonight. I loved Friday's stream. Friday's stream was so much fun. Members, you gotta go watch it. You've gotta go watch it. The the first couple of hours we were laughing and cutting up, and then we played Alan Wake. It was great. We were having really, really fun. We ended with that boss fight. It's kind of funky. I played it the next day. There's still some weird stuff in that fight. I don't think it's designed all that well. Everybody says that fight's getting some criticism, but then after that like nobody has any issues with the game, so... I think Starfield will win best Bethesda game this year. Oh, stop it. Final Fantasy 16 boss fights were way more of a spectacle than Spider-Man 2. Yeah, but if I'm honest, I think the icon... I'm going to say it. I think the icon fights are overrated in Final Fantasy 16. There are cutscenes where I push some buttons. I don't think the fights are that great. I didn't like them. I know people are like, you haven't played enough. You gotta keep going. 
I've played one or two, and I get bored really quickly. I'd rather play as my guy. I, You know, I'm sure there's some further ones down the line that are supposed to blow me away. I had a couple where people said, this one's going to blow you away, and I was like, I don't get it. I, I think they look fantastic, but I, I think people talk about them in a way that doesn't click with my brain. They really feel like quick time events. They don't. They don't deliver what I was. Maybe people overhype them. Maybe people overhype them. So, you know, I don't know. You're right, though. You're right. According to the jury process, the review outlets could think like what you're saying. They could be like, "Dude, those icon fights were incredible." There's, you know, there's no way that we're not, you know, we're not gonna pick. Final Fantasy 16 for best action. Victory with a $2 super chat. Winner will be Baldur's Gate 3. The nominations will be Spider-Man 2, Alan Wake, Zelda, Final Fantasy 16, and Mario. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Okay, okay. That's not a bad list. Not a bad list at all. The icon fights are a good break. I'm not saying they're bad. Don't misunderstand me. I think they're overrated. People talked about them like they were life-changing. And I was like, I mean, I've played games where some crazy stuff's happening and I'm fighting some big monster and I hit a button and then something cool happens. They're called quick-time events. And they're neat, but in that game, I felt like they tried to combine elements of a quick-time event with like a 1v1 fight. And to me, it didn't translate into intensity. I felt slow I didn't feel strong. They felt really drawn out. There's the one fight where you like fight yourself and it was really cool. I will never take away from how cool it was. Cinematically, what happens in the story, it was awesome. As far as gameplay goes, people talked about it and I was like, I'm kind of bored. I'm kind of bored. These are long and slow. I'm not a big fan. I'd much rather be playing as Clive I like playing as him more. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. I, Again, you might be right. A lot of people might look at it and say, no, man, like th- those fights are amazing. And it ends up getting action, you know, action game of the year. Uh, Pat's gaming spa with 13 months. Starfield at 55% at re- recent reviews on Steam. No way it gets a nomination at this point. Too many better games. Yeah, Starfield score just keeps dropping on Steam because you're getting the fur. It's funny how the further you get away from handpicked outlets and early access, the, the score just keeps dropping. Uh, William Lewis with five months. My hot take: Say what you want about Microsoft games, Starfield mix, Redfall. Yes, I know. Hi-Fi Rush. At least they tried something new this year. I included Hi-Fi Rush in my honorable mentions. Richard Rodriguez. Excuse me. <clears throat> the finals is fun, by the way. Tears of the Kingdom deserves Game of the Year. Yeah, I think that Baldur's Gate 3 deserves it because Baldur's Gate 3 did more than impact, like, I feel like they impacted gamers because gamers tried a game they would never have played and were like, this is awesome, right? So I think they impacted gamers, but Baldur's Gate 3 impacted the gaming industry. Developers were like, well, if you ex- don't expect that from us, that's too good, right? It, like, almost scared developers into thinking, well, what if that's the expectation? 
I, I, I think Baldur's Gate 3 is just at another level this year. You know? Now, somebody's saying Finals is cool. Finals is a COD killer. Nexon killed it. I feel like every time... I feel like we went through this with X Defiant. Like, every time there's a newer, fresher game out, it's the best. It's the COD killer. We'll see. I always, I'll always say that. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if it's got legs. You know, if it can go the distance here. Game of the Year nomination says Dark City, Tears of the Kingdom, Hogwarts, Baldur's Gate 3, Starfield, Mario Wonder, and Jedi Survivor. Mario Wonder took Spider-Man 2's spot. I mean, they're basically tied on open critics, so I, you know, I think that's why they both will get the nom. I hate turn-based games, but Baldur's Gate 3 changed my mind. That right there, you know, that right there, I'm telling you, man. That, that's why. That's why Baldur's Gate 3 is going to win. Think about the people voting. Okay? The people voting through the jury process. How many of them think like you? They were like, dude, turn-based, CRPG. I wasn't sure about this, but so-and-so here at the editorial staff of this writing division, he wouldn't shut up about it. So I finally tried it out. My gosh, that game's incredible. Like, that's what's going to influence the voting, is the people that are like, bro, this game, I've never thought I would enjoy a game like this. William Lewis with a $2 Super Chat tip. Do you think Larian would sell to Microsoft or Sony? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, I saw <laughs> I saw in the wake of how great the game was and, and all the praise, people were like, can we just get Xbox to buy Larian? <laughs> it's like... I, I, I don't I guess that's gonna be the thing now is like anytime there's a good developer or a good game or a good piece of property out there, the Xbox guys are just gonna cheer for an acquisition, you know. <laughs> More studios than every other platform, but if your if your mindset is still that you have to go buy good games, I'm I'm a little worried. I hope that's not a continued trend. We're seeing reports about next year that I think are worrying about not just them, but lots of people are wanting to make acquisitions next year and we said that might be the result is that lots more lots more companies are going to look to spend money and that that I don't think that's going to be good for us jelly with 5 months of memberships a loved spidey 10 out of 10 but final fantasy 16's my game of the year despite being a 9 out of 10 highs are so high hope you do a different category each week up to the game awards indie vr music I don't know if I could do anything other than what we just did, Shelly. I don't know if people would really care for... I'll do one where I comb through all the nominations and do my own, like, reaction. But I don't know if I could be like, all right, guys, here's the, you know, the top five VR games this year. I, I wouldn't be able to do that, you know? It would be a lot harder to source that. I think Game of the Year is easier to make predictions about the jury process you can look where games landed you can look at critical and commercial success you can look at critical acclaim and user scores and generally come to an approximation of like okay i'm i'm pretty sure these are the games that are going to get nominated right the guy from larian who's been pretty vocal about uh baldur's gate he says i really admire how spider-man 2 totally moves away from the bloated emergent storytelling in most open world games and really uses the world in function of the story it wants to tell and its set pieces. On the one hand, you get a shorter game, but also a much tighter, stronger game. I, I completely agree with him. 
Silver Subaru with 33 months says, It's been a great year for gaming. Can't wait to play Spider-Man 2. Keep up the good work. Thanks for keeping a VIP going, Silver Subaru. And thank you guys all for being here. If you're enjoying the show, be sure to smash that like button. If you want to talk in my chat, you need to subscribe. Subscribing is totally free. The more you do those things, the more you might get a gifted member. We went crazy on Friday, like 500 gifted members. I gifted over 100, I think. We had a huge, huge day. If you're one of the new members, you get access to daily extra content, Friday night streams, and our members-only Discord. So make sure you you know make sure you take advantage of all these perks whenever you get a gifted member, and then you can consider upgrading or picking up your own membership. K. Cole renews their membership, and it's a VIP. And Joker Quinn gifts another one and says, "Come on, the daily goal is still doable, even though we had a big day the other day. We can keep it going." Did I consider Hogwarts for an honorable mention? No, I was extremely intentional with my honorable mentions. I chose six games that could also get nominated. That's what I did. I was very intentional. I was like, okay, these are the six that I think get nominated. And the other six, they could potentially get a nom. Like, Sea of Stars, Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Diablo 4, Hi-Fi Rush, Pikmin 4. I feel like any one of those could magically sneak up into the nomination list. I don't think Hogwarts could sneak up into the nomination list. Kiltson with 14 months in a VIP, welcome back. Do you see what I did? It was like, alright, here's the six I think get nommed. Here's six honorable mentions. Any one of these could sneak up into the list. Any one of them. That's 12 games. And I also picked a bunch of... Every game I picked was ranked higher than Starfield. Because I know people are going to give me grief about that. This guy doesn't think Starfield's going to get a nomination. Or this guy doesn't think Starfield deserves a nomination. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's There, there are so many other games that are ranked better with the, with the, with the review outlets. The jury process, there's no way that there's just no way it gets in. There's no way Starfield gets a game of the year nomination. The jury process would would almost assuredly dictate that no, it would not. A two spot from William Lewis. I'm currently playing the game Cocoon and loving it. I rooted everything in this. This right here. This is how they choose. The, this is how they do it. This is how the nominations work. And there's no way, as low as Starfield is versus all the other games, there's no way it gets through the jury process and gets a Game of the Year nomination. Not enough outlets will include it on their list. There's too many other games that are going to bump it. Too many. If it gets up there for Game of the Year nomination, it's going to be really hard not to think some shenanigans are going on. It's like, look at where it's ranked. It's like 41. It's in 41st place on Open Critic. It's like... What outlets chose it then? It's mathematically improbable that enough outlets put it on their list. There's over a hundred outlets that will go to their editorial staff and say, we need to come up with a a list of five. And then they send that list of five to the Game Awards. It's mathematically improbable when you're in 41st place, when there's 12 games that could easily... Every single one of them could easily get nominated. Row Row Raven with a five spot. Another great uh, another great morning here at Reforge Gaming. Hope everyone's having a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Row Row Raven, 
for the $5 Super Chat tip. Welcome on in. Diablo 4 lost something like 93% of its player base. I highly doubt it's getting a mention. I believe Diablo 4 will get some nominations. I don't think it gets a Game of the Year nomination. I only gave it an honorable mention because, again, if it's based on the jury process, these editorials are going to comb through everything they wrote that year, and they're going to be like, what are the games that we scored the highest? Diablo 4 landed in a decent spot overall for the year. Now, again, the editorial staff might say, Diablo 4? That game fell all the way down the stairs. I'm not even playing it anymore. So I don't think it gets a nomination. I think it might get nominated for some of the other categories. You know, potentially. Big Daddy Microsoft buys the Game Awards, makes it an Xbox exclusive. I mean, I saw it suggested that, like, Xbox should just host their own awards, which I thought was... That's par for the cores. Starfield won't get player's choice. Baldur's Gate 3 has too many concurrent players. Yeah, the minute they call for a player's choice award, Baldur's Gate 3 has an army. An act, like a literal army. You know what I mean? We have an army. Oh, we have a Hulk. Like, Baldur's Gate 3 is basically... If they have a way of telling people in the game to go vote, (laughs) it's kind of a wrap. I mean... I just checked their concurrent numbers. I couldn't believe it. I was like, 200,000 player peaks? It's not even an MMO. Like, it's hitting... <laughs> it's hitting really, really impressive numbers. Where's... um, a- As an example, an actual MMO that's been trying to turn things around is New World. And New World saw a surge at the beginning of this month... And on their best days since they started to try to turn things around in October, New World has seen spikes to 77,000. Baldur's Gate 3 is not even an MMO, and it hits, it, it's hits it been hitting over 200,000 players on Steam charts. That's, bonk, that's just bonkers that they're maintaining that level of healthy engagement this long after releasing a non-MMO game. Like, there are MMOs that would kill for that. Like, that's those great numbers. You know? Victory gifts a member. Thank you so much for gifting a member. Victory. If you guys ever get a gifted membership, be sure to say thank you to the person that did it. Oh. There's a ton of backlash against New World for some reason. What do the devs do? I have not been paying attention to that game. I'm not sure. I am not sure at all. Jamie says, thanks, Victory. There you go. I think Gamer's Choice Award is what matters. I mean, I think the biggest problem with Player's Choice, Gamer's Choice Award is are you truly getting a representation of what gamers think? Because it's very easy for groups to mobilize and brigade and others to be like, I don't really care. Right? Like, what if the lion's share of the people playing Baldur's Gate 3 right now on PC are like, I don't I don't care about any of that. I don't care about going to the Twitter and, and clicking on some poll and going to some website and giving them my email. You know what I mean? I don't know. I see why you would say, like, oh yeah, the Gamer's Choice Award, that's the most important award. At one level, I think I agree with you. 
but at another level it's like it's so easy for people to bot vote or double vote or multi I don't know Jojo with 16 months of membership welcome back Jojo you can vote as many times as you want you can vote multiple times it's kind of pointless yeah that's why I'm like is it really the most important you know what I'm saying now I'm sure if you take that out of context it would be you know this guy doesn't care what the game what the gaming community thinks no I do care what the gaming community thinks this is why I think user scores are the most valuable not something you can go vote 15 different times in that, that, no like that that doesn't that's not indicative of what the community thinks when hundreds of thousands of people leave a review on a game and like Baldur's Gate 3 it has like a 96 in Steam that to me is really important that's the gamers voicing what they think some poll and some you know contest that can be abused and you know botted and people you know basically vote multiple times that doesn't really prove anything to me it doesn't Just waiting for some game to get more votes than players. <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3 or this crap is rigged. Yeah, I think Baldur's Gate 3 walks away with it. I don't even think the other... I don't think the other games stand a chance. I think a face-off between Zelda and Spider-Man 2 would have been really interesting. I think Zelda would have ultimately won because it has a higher score. And I think it's generally more more favored in the gaming world because it's Zelda like I think superhero games struggle to score well with some outlets and I think if it's Zelda some people are like it's Zelda I love it you know I think Zelda would have won but it would have been a cool face off to be like which sequel wins you know which which sequel walks away with it and people will be like well Baldur's Gate 3 is a sequel and it's like well Baldur's Gate 2 came out like what like 23 years ago or something like that like it came out a long time ago I think Zelda has a small chance not a good one the player's choice award holds as much weight as those review bombs on Metacritic yeah the CRPG aspects of Baldur's Gate 3 are holding me back from fully connecting to the game small stuff like how you can't make the camera look upwards or having the open com- or having to open a command menu to jump yeah, I didn't get into um, how winners are selected. I was more predicting nominations. I guess I could have gotten into winner selection for when I said, like, I think Baldur's Gate 3 will win. According to the official Game Awards website, winners are determined by a blended vote between the voting jury and public fan voting. Fans can vote for their favorite games on the GameAwards.com or our Discord server. In China, fans can vote on the winners via uh, Billy Billy, WeChat, and other platforms. Fan voting closes on Wednesday, December the 6th. Spider-Man swing through Hyrule while Link fights in New York City with crazy contraptions. Can't wait to make fun and say Baldur's Gate 3 is a PlayStation game. Well, I don't think there'd be any reason to say that because it's not a PlayStation game. I also think this could actually turn out as good as possible for Xbox with Baldur's Gate 3 in particular because if they're if they're timing the Xbox release date with the Game Awards that actually could be very good for both Baldur's Gate and Xbox 
because I believe Baldur's Gate 3 will be making headlines that night. Everybody will be talking about it. And because of that, I think that's the best time to release it on Xbox. That that'll that, that will be them making good on there. Hey, it's coming out in 2023. I believe Larian recently commented on a tweet and said they're on pace to make good on that, that, that it's going to happen. Um, and I think that would be... We won't call it a 900 IQ play, but I'll be like, that's a pretty good play to be like, listen, the situation kind of stinks that it's coming late to our platform, but, you know, at least we can capitalize on marketing we didn't spend any, any money on. Like, Xbox doesn't have to pay to market Baldur's Gate 3 that night. Everybody's going to be talking about it. All they need is a couple of tweets and trailers now available on Xbox. Victory with four months of memberships. I love Baldur's Gate 3. It's my pick. And I say that as a massive Marvel fan. I would absolutely love Spider-Man 2 uh, as my pick for Game of the Year, if not for the release of Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. I just can't see Spider-Man walking away with the win. It's gonna. I, I feel Spider-Man deserves the nomination because it's in the top nine on Open Critic. I don't think games like Tents and Trees or Videoverse or Metroid Prime Remastered. I don't think you know they're gonna get nominations. I don't think Street Fighter Six gets nominated. So when you remove that, one, two, three, four. Five. When you remove those games, then Spider-Man's in fifth place overall. And it's fair to remove those games because Videoverse only has 10 reviews. It's a PC game. We know that fighting games struggle to win. Tense and Trees has five reviews. It has five reviews. It's a Switch game. So and 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 again, so Street Fighter is is let me just kind of explain to you what I'm doing here. So this is Open Critic right here. So Open Critic, again, here's you can see Spider-Man here in ninth place. All right. Now, if you remove Metroid Prime Remastered, because I don't believe a remastered can be nominated for Game of the Year, Videoverse only has ten reviews. Tents and Trees only has five, and fighting games typically don't win. Even if we include Street Fighter and say that Street Fighter could get nominated, even though fighting games typically do not get nominated, okay? Baldur's Gate would be first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. We've had six nominations since, like, 2018 or 2019. Based purely on this, Spider-Man 2 gets a nom. Now, I'm not saying that you base the votes or the jury process on Open Critic. Open Critic is an aggregate score of what the general gaming public has said, that the critics and the outlets, those are the people that are going to be voting. So if, in general, across the board, you know, Mario Wonder, let's just compare it. Mario Wonder has 94 reviews. Spider-Man has 133 total reviews. Do you understand what that means? There's a higher degree of likelihood there are more outlets that will put Spidey on their list because more outlets reviewed it. It has it has a volume advantage, a significant volume advantage because more people reviewed it. Baldur's Gate 3 has been reviewed by 131. So Spider-Man 2 even has more total reviews 
than that. Now, Tears of the Kingdom, 151. Tears of the Kingdom has a volume advantage. You know, that's a, that that could that could edge it out. That could edge Baldur's Gate out <laughs> by pure volume alone. 196 outlets reviewed Resident Evil 4 remake. Resident Evil 4 remake's getting the knob, dude. It's gonna be up there. It's definitely gonna be up there, bro. Street Fighter 6, 167 reviews. I don't know. Maybe Street Fighter breaks a streak. Maybe maybe Street Fighter breaks the trend and is like, hey, a fighting game can definitely get up there, bro. It can. That was a lot of reviews, bro. <laughs> when are the nominees announced? Uh, probably in about two and a half weeks. I believe the deadline, your game has to come out by like the 15th. Have they announced the official nominations date? Like when they're going to do it? Um, remove from Chrome. I have to figure out what extension I'm running that's causing my pages to like flash it, my I think it's the, no it's not dark mode I just disabled the dark mode the dark reader um it, I don't think it's the hide the YouTube I gotta figure it out something that I something that I'm running every page I go to now I get really really weird um flashes of this like the screen flashes some extension I'm running in Chrome must be causing it. Folks said the 10th, probably November 15th. I saw a clip of some guys on a podcast saying they always extend the deadline for Sony, and Jeff Keeley has specifically debunked this. It's always been in the middle of November. Traditionally, the deadline for Game of the Year or Game Awards, if you're going to get a nomination for any category... The deadline has been right smack dab in the middle of November for a long time. He he showed one year, he recounted like every year that they have done this, what like where the where the deadline has landed. So these guys that are saying that are just literally they're not just spreading falsehood. I believe they're voluntarily lying. I think they know that they're lying. They want to create this they want to create this notion of the your you know, your you're making it easier for, you know, PlayStation to win or whatever. You're giving you're giving them special treatment. I would love to find the tweet where he did this. Um, maybe he's tweeted the word deadline. He uh he pushed back against this notion. He showed like this is how it's been every year for the past I don't even know long since it's, since they've done it. I can't find the tweet cuz I'm getting he's he's used the word deadline a lot maybe he went back did he go back to 2017 I don't think he did when did they start doing it did he say 2019 anytime last year was November the 14th yeah it's always been generally in the middle and again he tweeted to debunk this notion there has never been like a oh we're going to extend it so this game, this game could be uh, included or whatever. He's never done that. Never. I wish I could find the tweet. It's all. It was. It's always mid-November. Yeah, it's always been mid-November, and I, you know, it's because they have to have enough time in between 
when they get the votes and when the show happens. Like, it makes perfectly good sense that you're you're going to have to wait, but you can't just, like, wait until the day before the show. Well, the show's in December, so, you know, why not do it, like, a week beforehand? They need to give, you know, everybody an opportunity to, uh, to get their votes in. What gets revealed at the Game Awards this year? Elden Ring DLC, I think, is a very good guess, Mr. B. Yeah, I think I think that's a very good guess that that, that one ends up there. For sure. What wins most anticipated 2024 game? I think the dilemma is we don't have a ton of games. We we don't have a ton of games that we know are coming just yet. We're kind of waiting. I mean, we know about the Princess Peach game. We know about the Mario Donkey Kong game. We know about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And uh, we know about Helldivers 2. Um, you know, I would say that there's a couple unconfirms from Xbox. Like, they've not confirmed... Hellblade 2, they've not confirmed Avowed. I have a lot of people walking around saying, like, no, those are coming next year. And I'm like, I mean, but they haven't confirmed them. That's like the people saying Wolverine's coming next year. I'm like, I really don't think so. I do not, I do not think so. Death Stranding 2. Yeah, Death Stranding 2 might be at the Game Awards. We've been waiting for Kojima to poke his head out. That's true. Yeah, Black Myth Wukong might finally come out next year. Silk Song might finally come out next year. Yeah, Dragon's Dogma 2. That would be high on a lot of lists. Yeah, GTA 6. GTA 6 is supposed to be coming next year somehow. Um, Skull and Bones. Yeah. That would be at the top of every list. That'll be at the top of every single list. Skull and Bones. Golly. They delayed it again, so I don't know about that. I expect Dragon Age to show up as a tra- with a trailer as well. What I would really like is... I cannot get comfortable in my chair today. I keep, like, crossing and uncrossing my legs. Um, I'm, like, f- like, like, I feel like I'm fidgeting. Uh, what I would like at the Game Awards is only trailers and gameplay if they can if they can afford it, you know, if they can give us some gameplay. I only want to see stuff coming in 2024. I don't want to see a bunch of, you know, situations where you have people doing a trailer for a game coming in like 5 years or no date at all. Like that I think that gets old, you know. I think that I think that gets really really old. Thank you so much Cyber M for 7 months. Always enjoying your show. Welcome back. Dragon Age, oh, the Baldur's Gate 3 comparisons that'll follow with the release. Wait, delayed again or delayed again again? You need a dad chair only way. Usually I'm pretty comfortable just sitting with both of my legs down. I used to sit cross-legged all the time and I had to stop doing that. Like I'm getting too old for that. <laughs> Yeah, Star Wars Outlaws comes out next year. That'll probably be pretty anticipated. Um, Only games that are in the next six months or less needs to be adopted by everyone. 
yeah, I'm just not down with the with the here's a bunch of stuff that you have no idea when it's coming. You know, King Sovereign with a five dollar super chat, Baldur's Gate three, Spider Man two, Starfield, Harry Potter, Final Fantasy sixteen, Hi Fi Rush as the indie nom, Baldur's Gate three takes the win. There is absolutely no way that Starfield or Hogwarts Legacy get a nomination. I don't even think Final Fantasy sixteen is guaranteed a nomination. The, the, the contest is just way too thick. I had Final Fantasy 16 on an honorable mention. It could squeak up into the noms, but I don't know, dude. Yeah, Rise of the Ronins next year. Avatar? Mm. Avatar looks fun, but I don't think it looks like it's going to do anything other than be called Far Cry Avatar. That's what's generally going to happen to that game, I think. I think they relied on a lot of their familiar systems and because of that I think you're going to see a lot of not so great scores for that game. It'll probably land in the low 80s. You know? Yeah, there was a Wonder Woman game. We've not seen anything for it. Yeah. Guys, we're over an hour into the stream. Do me a favor and smash that like button. We should easily have 300 likes by now. And uh, if you want to talk in the chat, hit subscribe. If you want to add to the gifted member count or become a member yourself, you can do that as well. That supports the channel directly. Thank you to all the people who have gifted members, renewed their members, or did a super chat today. This this video has sponsors listed below. Oh, I didn't drag the coffee into the frame today. Um, that's not a sponsor, by the way. That's ours. We have a light roast and a dark roast. If you are a coffee drinker, be sure to try that out. If you want to support any of the sponsors, they are linked below. But... Our videos and daily streams are sponsored by you, the people who are actively chatting, listening, lurking, and paying for memberships, gifted memberships, and super chats. That helps us do what we do. Um, Yo, what's good, Suede? Metroid Prime 4? Maybe next year. I don't know. Your Earth 5, I think, will be Baldur's Gate, Zelda, Spider-Man, Mario Wonder, Alan Wake. Yeah, I think every single one of those are getting a nomination based on scores alone. Yeah, based on scores alone. DK Beggar with another gifted member. Thank you so, so much. Taking us to four members on the day. Thank you, thank you, my friend. And it goes to Critopsy. Love to see the loyal names getting those gifteds. We agree that being nominated to the Game of the Year is an award within itself. I think when you get nominated in a year like this, I tend to agree with you. Yes. Any game that gets nominated. Yes. Has the embargo dropped on Quantum Error? I believe the embargo has dropped. Let me double check. Um. Uh. Hang on. I want to check the exact date and time. Under embargo until October the 30th at 10 a.m. Eastern. Yeah. I, um... Kratos with the five bomb. First multi-gifted of the day. Thank you so much. Takes us to nine. I've seen reviews that's not glowing. So, remember when I told you guys that there was a game that I got early access to that I would not be reviewing because I didn't want to publish a review that was just nothing but negative? That was the game that I was talking about. Um, 
Yes, it's very bad. And I I I felt I felt bad. Um I felt bad if I was going to do a review of it. So I did not want to publish a review where I was just like yeah. I I couldn't I literally couldn't come up with anything good to say. I tried. Literally couldn't. The sound the, the music is good. The music was pretty good, and I feel like they spent all their money on the cinematics. They feel like I feel like they spent their entire budget on the cinematics. Uh, Eugene says, "Only thing with Alan Wake Two is whether enough voters had time to play it." Well, Eugene, they don't have to vote for two weeks. They don't have to vote for two weeks. Quantum error. It's bad. Extremely bad. Yes. It's, I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm sorry. Like I do, I absolutely do. Listen, listen. You guys know how we're having you guys like do gifted members, and then I have to play a really bad game. Will you guys hit the goal? I have to play Gollum. I would add that to the list of games that I would like. I, you'd have to force me to play it through a member goal, because we're gonna do Gollum, and then we're gonna do Kong. I, I would put Quantum Error up there. And I feel really bad because they're really active on social. They seem really, really nice. And they, you know, they sent me the code. And I played for an hour and I was like, I, I can't. I cannot do this. It's, yeah. It's 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 very, very bad. Now the embargo's dropped. I can tell you all these, all, all of that. <clears throat> So, yeah. How bad is it? I mean, I, I can read you my thoughts very quickly because I take them on my phone whenever I'm playing a game. Um, And I was taking the notes as I was playing and I was like, I was hoping for that game. Yeah, the gameplay, you know, pushed back from a point you made earlier. My biggest... My biggest pushback on the Starfield not being nominated being mathematically improbable, I point at some noms from last year. Two games got noms that were 68th and 71st. Plague Tale Requiem and Stray. Yeah, I mean, I'll grant you Plague Tale Requiem. Stray was sort of like a viral moment as well. They were There were extra things that added to that. I also don't think that year was even close to what this year is, Lone Wolf. When you can list the games that I listed, come on, man. Like, you know, I <laughs> this year is completely different than last year. Last year, the competition for game of the year, it was like, it was like we knew like Horizon Forbidden West and God of War and Elden Ring were going to be up there. And the other three slots, it was kind of like, I, it was a thin year. It really was a thin year. And so it makes more sense that like lower scoring games like Stray and Plague Tale made it. This guy's from his review says, at the end of the day, I ask myself these questions about quantum error, given the many genres it's trying to tackle. As a shooter game, is it fun? No. As a horror game, is it scary? Nope. As a firefighter simulator, is it cool? Sometimes, I guess. Would I recommend this title at the full price $60? Uh, never. Team Kill Media has done a commendable job being only a team of four to come up with something this massive and ambitious. However, this is another sad case of biting off more than you could chew. This might be up your alley if you're into janky B-movie messes. 
<clears throat> oh, less than 90 reviews. I don't know if people have time to play it. What are they playing instead? I ran a poll on the last Starfield episode. Do you think Starfield would have been better if it was small and more focused? 71% said absolutely. 0% said no way. 28% said, but it's Bethesda. (laughs) First review of Quantum Error when Googling it is admirable failure. Yeah, The, the, the embargo has dropped. Let me give you my thoughts. I just wrote these as I was playing. Opening narration, good, well-written. Music is solid in the intro. Synth wave meets brooding and dark. I do think the music's quite good for, for a small team. Character models are good, not great. Automation for line delivery is a bit off, so when their mouths move, like it doesn't line up with what they're saying. Opening setup is pretty good and cinematic for a small team. Sound design and music continues to be good. It helps set the tone. So it opens... I think admirably strong for a four-person team, okay? It's mysterious, it's kind of weird, it's interesting. Initial gameplay is rough. The gun does not seem synced with the audio. Player feedback on shots is missing. Recoil, enemy flinch. I get shot and I flinch like crazy. When you get shot in quantum error it literally feels like have you ever been watching a video that someone's recording with their cell phone and they get hit and the cell phone goes like that and then they come back up that's literally what it feels like when you get shot in this game and you can't tell where you're getting hit from I had a guy clubbing me and your screen's just flashing red and because you flinch so much you can't get any bearing on where you're getting hit from so I couldn't tell if I was getting shot from the front or hit from the side Uh, enemy AI is rough enemies die and just sort of drop so there's no good player feedback there kind of like in Redfall you'd like shoot them and they would just drop down Um, no indication of where I'm being shot from very UI heavy flinch heavy from shot aiming feels bad no aim assist to speak of ammo does not auto pick up you have to manually pick up ammo so in a shooter that is not at all nice like you're running out of ammo and instead of just running over the piles or the bodies or whatever, you have to like go around and you're like looking, okay? It, that that was weird. After a very slow and uneventful street walk and shoot enemies, it just felt very very bad. Uh, numerous long drawn out cutscenes, five of them just to get back to gameplay. So after I basically walked down a street and shot some really dumb enemies and got in fights that just didn't feel very good. I then had to watch like five super lengthy cutscenes just to get back to gameplay. At that point, I was like, I can't play this game. I'm way too busy. All I will do is crap on this game, and I don't want to do that. What game is this? Quantum Error. Um, The embargo just dropped like an hour ago, so I can tell you guys now. I told you guys, I was like, man, I got access to a game. I was like, and it's so bad, I'm not even going to review it. People were like, what game? I'm like, I can't tell you until the embargo drops. So, it's, yeah. It's getting getting reviewed right now, and it just sounds exactly like where I thought it was going to land. It's very poor. It's very poor. Um, so... 
And I don't like making that, like, I don't want to review a game of, like, a small team and just, like, shred the game to ribbons. I, I was just like, I don't want to make that video. So. And they just tweeted yesterday that from pre-orders alone, they've made back their budget. Um... I don't know if refunds or it refunds might break might break that dream apart. I don't know. I feel like it's a game that'll land in the 30 and 40% on Steam and people will refund it. So <clears throat> Is it on Game Pass? <laughs> uh Anyway. No, no, not Quantum Break, not Quantum Break. Um, yeah. Guys, do me a favor. We've got heavy lurks today. Maybe, I'm not sure. Make sure you're going through that ritual of, uh, of smashing that like button. We've, uh, we've been having a great, great day. Close to 600 viewers the entire time. If you've been enjoying the show, that is an easy, easy way to support the video and the channel. Also, make sure if you want to talk in the chat, you hit subscribe. You can talk instantly. Subscribing is totally free. Subscribing on YouTube is not paid membership. Purple calls it a subscription. We over here call them memberships. So subscribing is free. Memberships, you've got a good chance of getting one of these here the more often you're engaging with the channel. So if you're watching the shows daily and you're watching the uploads, that will uh, that'll help. There's some people that have already gifted some members today. Um, Quantum Break is broken. Eh. <laughs> Yeah, they're staggering the release. Something about, I don't even know. Something about Xbox. Kratos does it again. Does it again. It's like, hey guys, come on. We had a huge Friday. There's no reason to stop now. Takes us to 14 members on the day. Another five bomb. He's asking y'all to help him out here. (laughs) What's the biggest disappointment this year? City Skylines 2. Ah, people are really angry about City Skylines 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on there. My biggest disappointment was Jedi Survivor. Now they fixed it. I played it. I loved it. But I had to wait months. Like, absolute months. Like, what? That was my biggest disappointment. My second disappointment this year, that was it was pretty disappointing, was Starfield. I really thought we were getting something else. Another big disappointment this year for me was Final Fantasy 16's performance mode. I was really looking forward to that game just being a tour de force of just next-gen, you know, immaculate game design, and performance mode is bad. Um, Redfall wasn't a disappointment for me because I tried to tell people for a long time it was going to be trash, uh, so it didn't disappoint me. It, it was exactly what I th- thought it was going to be. Uh... Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. You know, those are the three. Those are the three big things that disappointed me because those were some of my most anticipated. Oh, Diablo Four, Diablo Four was a huge disappointment. It really was. My mo. If you go back before we went into this year, and people were like, "What's your most anticipated games for 2023?" I was always bouncing between Diablo, Spider Man, and Starfield. Like those were the three. I was like, I think they all look like they could be awesome. I'm really looking forward to them. And all three, uh, Starfield and, um, not all three, Spider-Man didn't disappoint me. I'm thinking of Diablo. 
Diablo was another one that I was really looking forward to. You know? It gets an honorable mention, but it's a big disappointment for me this year. Starfield, Diablo 4, and Final Fantasy 16's performance mode, and Star Wars Jedi Survivor are my biggest disappointments this year. So... And that's just, I, and you know, again, the notion that like, oh, I'm, I'm a hater. It's like that, that, that's a very, very mixed variety of games. There's no commonality there at all. There isn't Jedi survivors, multi-plat final fantasy 16's PlayStation exclusive Starfield's an Xbox exclusive Diablo is multi-plat. All four of those games are my biggest disappointment this year for different reasons. Callisto protocol was last year. So I, and they're all disappointing for different reasons. They just, they are. It's like for Jedi Survivor, it was like, if you guys would have let this game cook for another six months, it could have came out and been an absolute triumph. It could potentially have gunned for game of the year. Maybe, maybe it just, it didn't land very strong, you know, even though the scores make it seem like it did. Final Fantasy 16 performance is disappointing. Still hoping they improve it. Yeah, they haven't really said anything. It's I it, it's like I don't know if it's even a priority. Have you played more Wonder? I played some more of Super Mario Brothers Wonder with my wife on Saturday night and we had a really good time with it. It's one of those things where like she's not particularly great at jumping games, which is why it would have been really funny to stream that for you guys. It's just unfortunate. It launched on a Friday when her sister was in town. So that Friday night, I played it, I played it by myself. Um, it's also just because she's not so great at him. Like, we'll play for like an hour. And then I'm like, okay, let's watch some Twilight Zone or something. Because it just starts to get to the point where like, it's not funny anymore. It's funny for a little bit. But then it's like, it's this isn't funny. We're struggling. You know, we're struggling to get through the, the levels or whatever. You know, I just end up leaving her behind. <laughs> I really wanted to try it out with my kiddos to see how does it play when somebody is on a Yoshi or whatever the new little character is that can't take any damage. Where does Alan Wake come in for you? Obviously not a winner, but nominee. I think it's one of the nominations for Game of the Year, yes. I think Alan Wake 2 gets nominated. I have like a very minor gripe about that first boss fight. It just doesn't seem like they designed it all that well. I feel like some of the grabs are scripted like they want you to learn the mechanics so there's times where he grabs you and it doesn't make any sense I literally came back the next day and I was like alright clear eyes clear head let me play this and see if it was my fault and it wasn't it just isn't clear why certain things happen there was a time where he does his grab animation and he missed me and he like hit a tree or something and then all of a sudden he like roller skated toward me and grabbed again and got me. And I was like, it literally looked like, you know, how in video games where like all of a sudden they like, they skip animations and they just slide. I was like, what was that? I'm, I'm serious. I think they have like grabs that are scripted because they want you to lose health because they want you to run around and get the ammo and get the med kit and get the stuff. They, I'm not spoiling anything. They want those things to happen. There were a couple times where, because you're supposed to like shoot him, it's like four times I think, and then you and then you run away after each time. There were a couple times where he like crashed through a wall and instantly grabbed me, and I was like, I don't know 
if if you can dodge that like they feel scripted and again i think it's because they want it to sort of teach you this is how this is how hard you know the game get now i was told there are multiple reviews out there citing that that fight in particular just seems very overtuned and then the rest of the game's not like that i saw a couple a couple outlets say this is a brutal introduction to the game's combat like it's brutal like it's like not at all forgiving <laughs> it feels really scripted is what it does it's like okay so you want me to get grabbed a couple times you want me to get hurt a couple times you want me to learn like use the flashlight shoot the crit spot you know more on the stuff from last year there are absolutely games that could have have taken playtale requiem spot however the first two are ones i've never heard of with good reviews uh, Chained Echoes came out later in the year. It might show up this year, so we can't count that one. Rogue Legacy, Gran Turismo 7. We've said fighting games and car games don't typically get nominated. Pensament, it got a lot of noms. Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Again, I don't think Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope has broad appeal because it's XCOM. Bayonetta 3 did get nominated. Uh, and then Pokemon Legends. I can't remember if it got nominated or not. Bayonetta 3 did get nominated last year, did it not? Um, Game Awards, Game of the Year 2023 nominations. I'm sorry, not Bayonetta 3, Xenoblade. Xenoblade 3 got nominated. I had that one backwards. Bayonetta 3 got nominated for music, I think. That might have been what I'm remembering. Um, yeah, I think, again, the problem with your list is none of those games were as well-known as the games that got nominated. Ragnarok, Forbidden West, Elden Ring, Xenoblade, Stray, Plague Tale. Like, Gran Turismo, car game. Mario Rabbids is an XCOM game. Pentiment, indie. You know, so they already gave an indie title up there, Stray. I... Not for Game of the Year... Yeah, and Chained Echoes might show up this year because it was a late it was late in the year. Um so I I'm the Pokemon game. Again, I think the problem with what you're saying, Lone Wolf, is is that do do Pokemon games typically get nominated? It's like I wonder when you go to these editorial staff and they're like, okay, we got car games, sports games, fighting games, like Pokemon might be another game where like a lot of the editorial staff is like, I don't, I didn't like that or I didn't play it or whatever. Pokemon is globally very, very popular, but you have to look at the jury process and consider an editorial staff at these outlets. How, how many people on staff are just like, yeah, I've never really gotten down with Pokemon. I don't know if, have we seen in all of the years have we ever seen a pokemon game get a nomination right like it's like it's like sports games car games fighting games it's like once you get into that that vein there are just certain games that have broader appeal with the outlets i'm not talking about what deserves it i'm talking about the way the jury process does this it's going to be really, really hard for certain games to win. It was also extremely buggy. Yeah, is it? Is that the Pokemon game that had a ton of problems? There was a Pokemon game that sold like crazy, but had tons 
of performance problems. The uh, Arceus game, however you say it, I can never remember how to say the Pokemon Arceus game. Um, it got nominated in other categories, did it not? Mm. Forza Horizon 5 get a nom? I thought it got nominated in another category. That's what I thought. Uh, mobile game, best adaptation. What did Pokemon get nominated for? I thought that Pokemon game got some nominations last year. I'm scrolling through all of the lists. Um, it got nominated for role-playing game. And... That looks like it might be it. I think, that again, that's the problem. Like, when you're only going to get nominated in those handful of categories, it didn't get nominated... It didn't even get nominated for... Fam- well, I don't I guess you wouldn't consider it a family game. It didn't get nominated for soundtrack. It didn't get nominated for um, direction, art direction. None of those things. Like, that's where... I think it's going to be really, really hard to justify a game winning when it, it it gets it gets nominated in one category i don't think you're proving the point that you're trying to prove lone wolf i don't i think you're making it even harder for starfield to get nominated you cuz again if you consider there is a 100 over 100 voting you know outlets and they have editorial staff that get to weigh in starfield is ranked so low I can't see it showing up on enough lists against the 12 games that I listed. Baldur's Gate 3, Tears of the Kingdom, Mario Wonder, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Alan Wake 2. Those six are all ranked incredibly high. They're in the top 20 for the year. Then you have Sea of Stars, Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Diablo 4, Hi-Fi Rush, and Pikmin 4. That's six more games all ranked higher than Starfield. Those are the games that are going to be showing up on lists instead of Starfield. I'm not saying people won't submit Starfield. I'm saying there won't be enough. It's a it's a it's mathematically improbable that a game scores the way that Starfield scored and that a bunch of editorial staff included on their list. You also have to consider the fact that Spider-Man 2 is going to is going to jump over it for a lot of staff. They're going to be like, "No, nah, dude. No, nah, man. PlayStation and Nintendo crushed it this year. They crushed it. Nintendo's going to be up there twice with Mario Wonder and Zelda." It, it, I'm telling you, it, it, it Starfield has no business being up there. It doesn't have the critical acclaim. It doesn't have the the acclaim from the consumers. On, on their own storefront, it's not scoring well. Imagine giving Game of the Year nomination to a game getting a 70% across the board from the people that are actually playing the game. That doesn't make any sense at all. When you got games like Baldur's Gate with a 96 on Steam, you don't deserve to stand on the same podium with Baldur's Gate 3 with your 70-something percent on Steam. In the last 30 days, it's in the 50%. That's, come on don't deserve to share the stage with Baldur's Gate 3 game of the year when you're scoring that poorly with the public that's a joke that's a joke now you can look at open critic and be like but there have been games in the 84 
you know, score range and they're lower and they got nominated and it's like, okay, but Stray again impacted the gaming world in a very unique way. It was a it was a nice gesture, let's be honest. It was a nice gesture to nominate Stray. And what was the other one? A Plague Tale Requiem. Plague Tale Requiem, in my estimation, it didn't deserve to be up there that year. It launched and had bugs and performance issues. It ran like garbage everywhere. I don't I to this day don't know why it got up there. I don't want one of my favorite games this year is Jedi Survivor, and I'm consistent. I don't want it getting nominated for a bunch of stuff because it ran like crap when it came out. I think that should count for something. I'm not talking about like a bug. Like Starfield had bugs, even Spider-Man 2 had bugs. I'm not talking about bugs. I'm talking about it ran poorly all of the time. All of the time. Jedi Survivor ran bad all the time. Plague Tale Requiem ran bad all of the time. And they what they pushed out of performance mode like seven months later or something. It didn't have bugs, it had rats. Requiem is amazing. Plague Tale Requiem, in my estimation, got a Game of the Year nomination because the writing, voice acting, and art direction were all stellar. Performance issues aside, Plague Tale Requiem has things in it that are excellent, and that's why it got a Game of the Year nomination. People were like, writing was incredible, voice acting was incredible, art direction was incredible, direction was incredible. What do you think is getting the nom? The six nominations that I think we're going to see are Baldur's Gate 3, Tears of the Kingdom, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, and Alan Wake 2. That's my six. My six honorable mentions are Sea of Stars, Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Diablo 4, Hi-Fi Rush, Pikmin 4. All 12 of those games scored better than Starfield. Now, they're not all, I would say, as popular as Starfield, but it's not purely a popularity contest. It's the review outlets and their editorial staff putting together a list of five games and saying, here are the five games that we think stood out this year. Of the five games they submit, Baldur's Gate 3, Tears of the Kingdom, Mario Wonder, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, and Alan Wake 2, they're going to be a mix of those games on like every list, practically. That makes it really, really mathematically hard for Starfield to show up enough times. Hogwarts Legacy, it didn't rank high enough as a score. I don't think a lot of editorial staff are going to pick it because it didn't score high enough. They're going to look at where they scored things and they're going to pull five games from their from their top and Hogwarts won't be there for enough for enough outlets and enough editorial staff. Probably the most commercially, if not the second most commercially successful this year will be Hogwarts Legacy. It hasn't even hit the Nintendo Switch yet. Commercial success is not everything because Call of Duty would be up there every year if that was the case. It's always the most, even their worst release lately, uh, Vanguard, was still like the the best-selling game in America for the year because it's Call of Duty. My only pushback is only one person scores those games. You're assuming everyone that plays the games thinks it's the score the one person reviewed it as. Well, I'm not saying that the entire editorial staff is going to agree with, you know, George. You know, let's say they had George review Spider-Man 2. 
okay, and the editorial staff doesn't agree with him, okay, sure, that might adjust what shows up. That might adjust what makes it on the list. But do you think... Do you think with how poorly... you think with how poorly that Starfield's scoring with the public... Do you, do you think it stands a chance of like editorial staff around the globe rallying behind it? Let's take the stat that we walked through the other day where Starfield caused the greatest single day increase in Game Pass numbers ever but for the entire month it was out it sold less than Forza Horizon did in Europe. Now, for the first week, it did better than Forza, but then as the month transpired, it slowed down and fell below. Why do you think that is? Because people started playing it. People started reading the reviews. People started looking at it. Word of mouth spread and heard it. Forza Horizon, the opposite happened to the point that Phil Spencer said in an interview, being on Game Pass increases sales because of word of mouth. Word of mouth and market saturation of Forza Horizon actually caused its sales to increase and go up. So it had a stronger first month in Europe than Starfield did. Why do you think that is? Because the general public's response to Forza Horizon 5 was stronger and more consistent than Starfield's. Now that is going to have an impact on what you think mathematically across over 100 voting outlets and their editorial staffs how, how many of those staff members do you think are going to be like, no man, Starfield deserves to be on there. It's not scoring It's not scoring well anywhere. Its score continues to drop with every passing month. It would be an absolute sham for that game to be up there with some of the excellence that I just rattled off. It would be a freaking sham, bro. You don't deserve to share the stage with Baldur's Gate 3. You just don't. <laughs> clip it that's hate call it whatever you want I there, in, a, in a year that's this strong and this consistent a game that is scoring that middling has no business being up on a game of the year stand it just doesn't there's too many games that have come out this year that outscore it both by the critics who will be voting and the public and the public Is the public voting any of the games I listed low? Is it? Is the public voting low on Baldur's Gate 3, Tears of the Kingdom, Mario Wonder, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Alan Wake 2? Is that, are any of those games scoring like disproportionately low compared to the critical acclaim? What about Sea of Stars or Final Fantasy 16 or Street Fighter 6 or Diablo? Well, Diablo 4, you could argue, is now scoring lower with the public. You could say that. Hi-Fi Rush, Pikmin 4. Are any of those games like, oh yeah man, the public is just ripping them to shreds. Quick math, assume 100 outlets voting, that means 500 total votes. Assume 95% of the ballots are going to include Baldur's Gate 3, Tears of the Kingdom, and Spider-Man 2. That's 285 votes going to those games. That leaves 215 votes for all the remaining games. The last two spots are fighting for the top vote. They get out of the 215 remaining votes. 
there's just too many for Starfield or Hogwarts Legacy to overcome. I agree with you. Yeah, the player base numbers are, are speak pretty strongly. 100% agree with you. However, they are going to get a nom to Starfield. They're going to add a 7th or 8th nom. Even if you add a 7th nomination and claim there was a tie, I, I simply won't believe that. I'm like, are you kidding me? I just listed 12 games that rank better. And you're going to be like, no, yeah, this one snuck in and tied for 7th. Get out of here. <laughs> the only thing in its corner, I will say this. I will say this. If there is seven nominations and Starfield squeaks in, we will know that what helped it was there are enough Xbox-centric outlets that just put Starfield on every list every time. They're like, nope, Starfield's got to be up there. Starfield's got to be up there. We'll ignore the fact that user base... And critical acclaim all says otherwise, but they'll put it on there every time. And that's going to give it enough votes against games that won't have that universal, like, levy of support, right? Like, will Sea of Stars have that? Will, you know, Street Fighter or Final Fantasy or you know, even Diablo 4, will there be a consistent amount of outlets that are just automatically including those games? No. Mario RPG will also get nominated. Um, is it coming out in time? November the 17th. I don't think that's I don't think that's I don't think that's in time. Isn't that the day? Isn't that the deadline for game awards? Super Mario RPG I think literally comes out on the day of the deadline. <laughs> the, Nintendo, bro. <laughs> Nintendo's going to make it hard for everybody this year. Going to make it hard for everybody. They're going to have three games in the top. Get the frick out of here, bro. Come on, Nintendo. Let somebody else, let somebody else have a chance. <laughs> That's the cutoff. Well, yeah, if they launch on that day, is that literally the last available release date? And if it is, well, frick. <laughs> well, frick, bro. Nintendo's about to take three out of the top six spots. I don't know. I mean, Super Mario RPG might not resonate with enough outlets. Super Mario Brothers Wonder is like universally approachable and nostalgic and awesome. Super Mario RPG might not have the broad appeal that Tears of the Kingdom and Mario Wonder has. It, it It's possible that that keeps it out of the running, but Nintendo's about to make it really hard on everybody this year, bro. They're about to make it really hard on everybody. Is this a new blog, Talica? PlayStation's first remote play dedicated device? I'm going to close that. I don't want to drop frames. That, that article's being weird. Um, hang on. Okay, today's debrief is going to... About... I have an upload about the Xbox leadership changes. 
um, that's going to go live in about 30 minutes. We are about 10 away from the member goal. Let's scramble on that quickly. We haven't missed that in almost an entire year since we introduced the concept. Every 25, I give five. After Friday, I didn't push it hard today. I, I was I was I was fine with. We did. It, it, I was re-listening to Friday's show. It was like really really hard for us to have a conversation. So I'm totally fine with a slower day on members. But let's at least hit the 25. I'll give the five that I own, uh, that I owe in the premiere. I'm setting all that up now. Um. And I'm not used to this workflow because usually it's um, not set to private. Okay, so I always set it for tomorrow at noon and then I change the date and time after the fact. Stone Spire sets it up really, really easy for a 10 bomb. That's a nice layup from Stone Spire. Thank you so much, sir. What a nice little easy score. Making it look good. Tempting that 10 bomb dunker. There it is. Lone Wolf takes it and slams it home to 25. You guys are like, bro, 25 ain't anything. We did 500 the other day. This is no sweat to us. Thank you so much for doing that. You guys are the best. And five more from Wired Rope. Agent of Chaos says, let's take it to 30. That tempts a 50 bomb. I mean, sorry, that tempts a 20 bomb to 50. We are now 20 away. That is an Agent of Chaos. Not a, not a bad layup either, Wired Rope. Seeing if any of the big boys are lurking in the shadows to drop the 20 bomb. This is one of the best times to scramble on gifteds. If you guys have been kind of holding off today, maybe kind of holding your breath, now's a great time to go crazy because pretty much everybody that's here at this stage in the show is very loyal to the channel, loyal to the show, and you're going to get the right names and the right people in the membership door. So thank you guys so much for being here. And we are at 2,900 members. So we hit 3,000 on Friday. We always we always slip a little bit after a couple of days because the gift is that expired from 30 days ago. So uh, the next stretch goal would be 3,500. If we hit 3,500, I don't even know what I would do. You guys would have to come up with something crazy. You have today and tomorrow to do that. That would be the final stretch goal of the year. Um, listen up. PlayStation Pulse Explorer wireless earbuds launch in select markets starting in December pre-order details okay abe gifts a member and takes us to 31 thank you so much for doing that abe making the 20 bomb an agent of chaos if somebody takes it and slams it did you see that someone managed to get the psvr2 headsets to register with steam vr they're working on getting it all the functioning correctly and a 20 bomb from Kraos all the way from downtown and he brings it home to 51 agents of chaos as well with the next goal being 75 he rolls it over just like that Abe puts it up in the air and Kraos slams it home thank you so much um they're trying to get all the functioning working correctly but they've gotten it at least to be PC compatible uh my last comment on your back and forth enjoyed going back and forth and Lone Wolf says Fair enough, Lono. I do agree with you. I just don't find it strong enough for me when in the past they've had stuff really low get nominated uh, before when other stuff higher could have been nominated instead. I don't disagree with your premise. 
I think your premise dashes against the wall of 2023, Lone. I think it just dashes against it. Because 2023 is insane. When a year is this good, it's disrespectful to put something up there that's ranked that low. I'll say it. It's disrespectful. When games are coming out at the caliber and the quality that we have this year, that's disrespectful, man. There are some amazing games that have come out this year. Consistent, great scores with the review outlets and the community. I would say that. It's disrespectful. Why? Why would it be up there? If anything, it shouldn't be because of the expectations were so high for it. It fell so far below what people wanted to see. Like I was saying in chat, says Jay Golden, they're going to add Starfield no matter what to the nom this year, even if it's a 7th or 8th spot. If Starfield gets in and Final Fantasy 16 is not, that's all you need to know. I know this is a hot take, but I think Tears of the Kingdom might win even over Baldur's Gate 3, probably should win. Tears of the Kingdom has a much higher volume of 10s. I, I, I could be compelled on that, Donovan, because I said this today when I looked at Open Critic. Tears of the Kingdom has a volume advantage. It has like 191 reviews and Baldur's Gate has like 130. So that's a volume advantage. More people have played and reviewed it. Which means more outlets and more editorial staff may be including Tears of the Kingdom instead of Baldur's Gate 3. Here's where I think things go to Baldur's Gate's favor. I believe because it's a Nintendo game and because of its older performance thresholds, there are outlets that will include Baldur's Gate, but not Tears of the Kingdom. I think every outlet that puts Tears of the Kingdom in their list also puts Baldur's Gate. Does that make sense? I think virtually every outlet that says, yep, Tears of the Kingdom should be up there. I think every time they say, yep, Baldur's Gate should be as well. But I believe there are outlets that will not put Zelda on their list. They won't. It's Nintendo. Maybe they've moved on from Nintendo. Maybe they don't really play Nintendo games. Maybe they don't really like Nintendo games. Maybe they don't like the performance. I think that's where Baldur's Gate 3 edges it out. There are PC-focused outlets. There are, there are next-gen-focused outlets that are going to be like, I'm not voting for Tears of the Kingdom. You know the other reason some outlets won't put Tears of the Kingdom on their list? Breath of the Wild already won. And they're like, I, it, it should go to Baldur's Gate. It impacted the industry. It impacted developers. It impacted gamers. It's, it's far more, it has a more far-reaching impact with its excellence compared to Zelda. Also, you have to remember they vote after they have the five or the six. Once they have the five or the six, at that point, you're going to have outlets that included Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate 3 in their list, and they're going to look at the voting and say, I think it goes to Baldur's Gate. I think Baldur's Gate was more impactful. I think a lot of the staff, a lot of the editorial, I think a lot of the YouTubers are going to look at a list of five or six games and they're going to be like, it's great that Tears of the Kingdom's up here again. Basically, Breath of the Wild 2. I'm, I'm voting for Baldur's Gate. There will be outlets that ensured that both Baldur's Gate 3 and Tears of the Kingdom made it because they voted for both with their list of five. And then they're going to vote for Baldur's Gate 3. 
Thank you, Thrifty, for seven months. This year is one of the best years I can remember in gaming. It might be the best. Love the show. Keep it up. Thank you so much, Thrifty. And thank you again to Kreos by himself just going crazy today with Gifteds and Lone Wolf and Wired Rope. All of you guys still chilling at the top of the chat. Thank you so much for those Gifteds. I owe you guys 10 members. I will gift those members in the premiere. In 20 minutes, we're going to go to a premiere about the Xbox leadership shakeup. Uh, we'll be going to that in 20 minutes, which is my reminder uh, to switch the schedule of it to today at noon instead of tomorrow. I do that so you don't get like a 30 minute notification. Um, if Breath of the Wild won and Tears of the Kingdom is arguably a better game, shouldn't it win on that premise? No. Well, I'll take that premise and I'll I'll reverse Uno card you, Kratos. Parasito with a ten bomb says we're not done yet, guys. Let's push it to the next milestone. Thank you so much. I'm gonna reverse that logic on you, Kratos. Tears of the Kingdom built on an existing game that came out six years ago, so the level of improvement is there, but it's not nearly as big as the level of improvement from Baldur's Gate two to three. There's a 20-year gap between the games. Baldur's Gate 2 to 3? Like, are you serious? Like, from a design perspective, what they let you do in Baldur's Gate 3, there are people that are like, there's no way this is possible. The level of freedom that you have with your choices and your problem solving and, and your solutions or decisions that you make. I, th- I, think, I think that makes it to where Baldur's Gate 3 even within the realm of upping the design level of a game from its previous title, Baldur's Gate wins. Tears of the Kingdom is an incremental step. Baldur's Gate 3 is like a radically different approach to anything we're used to. Baldur's Gate 3 will impact other RPGs. Okay? Tears of the Kingdom will, but not to the same degree. Tears of the Kingdom will impact like open world games, uh, freedom of like the ultra hand thing they let you do with like building ships and stuff that will certainly impact other games but I feel like the way that Breath of the Wild impacted open world exploration and the way Elden Ring impacted the genre as well I feel like Baldur's Gate's landing and doing another another industry level hive mind gamer level impact that is significantly more than what we saw in Tears of the Kingdom. Again, my prediction is based off of the jury process. The way that the... Pro- I'm not arguing from my own experience. I know, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I will end up in videos and, and, and hate and salt about this guy is claiming these games will win, he hasn't even played them. There's no way you can make predictions about Game of the Year and adequately play every single game that's come out. I listed 12 games. Who in the world has time to do that while also living like just like a regular life? If you've played all 12 of these games at length, I, I want to know how in the world you pull that off, right? Baldur's Gate 3, Tears of the Kingdom, Mario Wonder, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Alan Wake 2, Sea of Stars, Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Diablo 4, Hi-Fi Rush, Pikmin 4. And let's just throw in Starfield because we know people are, 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 are claiming that deserves to be up there. 
there's no way the average person has played all 13 of those games exhaustively. So anybody trying to pull like my gamer card, I'm basing this off of the jury process and what the critical acclaim looks like. And I'm saying this will lead to that. Two plus two is four. How are you progressing in Spider-Man 2? I'm between 15 and 20 hours. I think I'm nearing 20 hours. I'm loving it. I'm taking my time. I'm not rushing it at all. I'm absolutely loving it. It's It blew away my expectations. Some of those hate videos bring people. I, yeah, I don't care about the videos. I just anticipated that. Like, I knew people were going to try to pull the he's not played the games. He doesn't know what he's talking about. My entire argument and premise is built around the method that the Game Awards uses, and then all you gotta do is look at the critical acclaim and where the outlets landed and come to a very easy conclusion. These are the games most likely to show up in the nomination for Game of the Year. This is the game that's most likely to win. It has nothing to do with personal experience. It was based off personal experience, then I would obviously just pick games that I like, and that's not an interesting video. I included that at the end. I said, you know, my own personal Game of the Year is Spider-Man 2 because it blows away the, its predecessors and that's what I've always wanted in a sequel. It's got to really ratchet things up. I believe Jedi Survivor did the same thing. It was just very, very poor on the performance front. So, that's where I land on it. And that's where I land on it. And I ultimately said that no matter what wins, no matter what gets nominated, this was a year where we all won. If you couldn't find at least two to maybe three great games to play this year, then I would argue, I don't think you're a gamer anymore. Anybody running with this narrative that gaming is terrible, gaming sucks, if you couldn't find at the very least two to maybe three good games or great games to play this year, I would question whether or not you're a gamer. Because even my daughter beat Hi-Fi Rush and she was like this is amazing right like come on even though I haven't had time to finish games I'm like these games are fantastic I'm throwing them on the backlog I can't wait I mean Phantom Liberty Jedi Survivor those are the two I finished this year in addition Hogwarts Legacy I was like right at the end and I watched my wife finish it and I was too busy or I would have finished Hogwarts Legacy I think I put 42 hours into Hogwarts Legacy I'm not giving it a nod or a nom because I just I don't I don't think it I don't think it stands up against these other titles I if you couldn't find amazing games to play this this year some great games to play this year I don't know what you're doing if your conclusion is yeah gaming stinks we didn't get a lot of great games this year I'm like I don't know what you're looking for then I really don't I was fighting for time to play games because I couldn't finish them I was like I just don't have time there's too many there's so many the game I thought I was going to be playing a lot was um, uh, Diablo 4 Did you ever get, uh, did you ever think about Baldur's Gate 3 versus Elden Ring? If they released in the same year, it would have probably been the closest matchup ever. Yeah, I've thought about that. I think, I think Elden Ring would have, I I always find myself not sure there. I feel like Elden Ring would have won it, but then, I don't know, man. I don't know. 
I feel like Baldur's Gate 3 might have stolen it away. The only reason I think it would have been hard for Baldur's Gate to win was I feel like Elden Ring had this there was almost like something about it that made people it had a 95 on open critic 204 uh, reviews Baldur's Gate's got 131 reviews and a 96 I feel like Elden Ring would have won by volume alone it just felt like more people would have chosen it just volume alone. Now, some of that's not fair. Baldur's Gate 3, its quantity of reviews is lower because it didn't, like, land multi-plat the way that Elden Ring did. Like, Elden Ring landed on old consoles, like, so there were way more outlets reviewing it, way more people talking about it and playing it. I think it would have won by volume alone. It just, there were more people playing it, talking about it, reviewing it. It would have been, it would have been almost impossible to beat it. Baldur's Gate would have given it a run for its money though that's for sure I think it would have won not by quality I think it would have won by quantity there would have just been more outlets and more people that were like this thing was awesome it was on more platforms has more reviews it's it's gonna win it would have went off volume alone Eugene says it's not slowing down either next year's looking to be insane What's what's got everybody so excited about next year? Like what is it? I'm uh I'm not seeing enough confirmed things like Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth and Helldivers and the Peach game and Donkey Kong, the Mario Donkey Kong game. And then we people are assuming we're getting Hellblade 2. People are assuming we're getting Avowed. What else? Are we assuming Death Stranding 2 is next year? Maybe that Nightingale game? You guys listed a few earlier. Rise of the Ronin, Phantom Blade. I don't think next year comes even close to this year. That's what I was saying, Wheezy. I was like, I don't think we're ever going to have a year like this again for a long time. Because (coughs) this year benefited so much from surplus of delays. So many things just got tipped over into this year and flooded this year. GTA 6. Wolverine. I don't think we're getting Wolverine next year. I think they're going to give Insomniac some more time with that one. I think they're going to lean on somebody else next year. Somebody, One of the other studios has got to step up. Come on. What are they all working on? Space Marine 2. Stalker 2. A new Resident Evil. Nightingale scheduled for next February. Some think Wolverine's next year. I'm super skeptical about Wolverine. I don't know. That 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 doesn't make any sense to me. GTA 6, good one. According, um, according to their own financials, Wheezy, they're anticipating making a ton of money in the next fiscal year. What else would they be talking about? Like, what el- where else would the money be coming from? What are they going to do? Are they going to do something with GTA Online that we're not anticipating? Ghost of Tsushima 2 could be closer than we think. That would be such a pleasant surprise. I would lose my freaking mind. I would be so excited. We're definitely getting Hellblade 2. 
I'm pretty confident that we're finally, yeah, we're finally going to see Hellblade 2 release date, uh, fourth quarter probably. Yeah, Hades 2, Silk Song's probably coming next year. The new fiscal year continues into 2025. Okay, so at the latest, GTA 6 could roll over into first quarter of 2025. Okay, I, that's true. That's true. That Their financial report does allow for that. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So, okay, we don't have a guarantee of GTA. Dragon's Dogma 2, Crimson Desert, Black Myth Wukong, Death Stranding 2, Assassin's Creed Red, Phantom Blade Zero, Stellar Blade, Rise of the Ronin, Silk Song, Lost Soul Aside, Project the Perceiver, FF7, Hades 2. That's a pretty good list that the Virtuvian man just put together. That's a pretty good list. That's not bad. We're going to be eating good. Yeah, I, I know. that sounds pretty good. <laughs> Capcom's dropping something first quarter. Yeah, Concord's supposedly supposed to be next year. Jazzification jumps in as a VIP. Guys, in about seven minutes, we're going to go to a premiere. Okay, 14, whoops, 14 more members will take us to 75. I'll owe you 15 members. If you are at the standard level membership and you're paying for your own membership, okay, if you on your own are paying five bucks a month, you can upgrade for a dollar to six bucks a month and it's a Reforge writer. You are then a Reforge writer. You come to the writer's room every day and you help us write the next day's shows and uploads. People have been loving that. We literally took a discussion and and an idea from the writer's room and we made a show. The Alan Wake 2 where the Xbox reviews show was born in the writer's room. You can literally impact what we do here. If you just keep the standard membership or you get a gifted, you can come to the debriefs every day. That's basically after the upload. Okay? So all of the content is you'd want to be at VIP. But if you want to do the daily debrief and the writer's room, you can bump up for the dollar. And Roro Raven with a $5 super chat tip says, I'm still holding out hope that Kill the Justice League is going to be great. Thank you for the $5 super chat tip. Monster Hunter 6 should be next year, but I don't think next year comes close. I actually think, Wheezy, it's going to be a step down, but it might, might not be as big of a step down as I was originally thinking. I think it'll be a little bit thinner. I don't think it'll be as jam-packed. Like, I don't think we're going to have a Spider-Man 2 Super Mario launch on the same day. Like, what the frick? Like, we're not going to have that. We're not going to have two of the biggest IPs in the world land on the same day. I just don't think that's going to happen. Like, yeah, we're going to have uh, your Pokemon and Zelda. Like, I don't think that's happening. I don't think it's going to be so full that two two of the two of the biggest IPs in, in, in not just gaming, but in the world land on the same day. Like, Mario and Spider-Man are so globally recognized. Like, that was insane to me. I don't think we're going to have that level of of punch but I still think it's going to be a really good year (laughs) I still think it's going to be a really good year next year year is going to be better for you I actually think there's more games up my alley next year more of the third person action adventure open world you know uh, action RPG third person open world like those kinds like I definitely I definitely think I'm seeing a lot more next year that's like in my in my sort of my vein. Like this year, Baldur's Gate 3, not my cup of tea. I mean, I, I would have tried to have played it, but my wife just wasn't, you know, 
she's just super busy once school starts with the kiddos it's really hard for us to play a game like that in the evenings and it would take us like a year to get anywhere Jazzification says guys let's not stop we got 5 minutes let's hit 75 he takes us to 72 thank you so much um that wasn't really my cup of tea Resident Evil 4 remake is beautiful but I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't vibing with it uh, sea of stars not my cup of tea street fighter 6 not my cup of tea pikmin 4 not my cup of tea diablo 4 sadly was my cup of tea and fell down the dadgum stairs so yeah i you know i think next year does as you guys list all those titles they do sound a little bit more up my alley you know more movie games and delays i think one of the best tweets i saw about alan wake 2 was somebody said, all these people praising Alan Wake 2 are maybe starting to realize that calling something a movie game is stupid. They can, like, games that are cinematically driven can be amazing experiences. So, I do think it's funny that, like, Alan Wake does deal in the tropes of what so many people criticize. Walking simulator, a movie game, and it's like, you guys are really digging Alan Wake 2. Maybe these are not pejoratives, but these are these are things that can make a game really good. <laughs> Yo, next doc with six months says thanks for the grind, Lono. You spent a lot of time with us. It doesn't go unnoticed. Uh, thank the family too. No problem, next doc. I appreciate that. All right, guys, three minutes. You've got three minutes before we go to the premiere. If you're trying to push the members, your your clock's ticking. If not, no worries. I'll put a link in chat. We'll go over to this premiere. I could tell Lono really wanted the Survivor to be good. It was good. It just launched too early. I hit Twitter with that exact bar yesterday. Yeah, was that you, Lobo, that sent that tweet? I saw a tweet and I was like, huh, that's a really good point. Suddenly a slow-moving game where you do a lot of walking and there's a lot of cinematics. So suddenly that's a good thing. Hmm, that's interesting. I, You know, when Kojima does it, you know, it's boring and lame in a walking sim. Okay. Alright. Alright, well, well, re- we'll remember this. Broken Games, he didn't like it at all. He doesn't like Kojima's approach to games. He was harsh. He was harsh. He's he's out here slandering Kojima. <laughs> he's welcome to his opinion, I, you know, if that's the kind of games he doesn't like. But that, that man, that man was out here slandering Kojima. <laughs> He was using Kojima as an insult. He's like, this game feels like it was made by Kojima. And I'm like, is that a bad thing? (laughs) Is that a bad thing? (laughs) Uh. (laughs) I say it in love, you know, it's like, I, you know, I, I had a hard time vibing with Death Stranding, but the game was super cool. Super cool. Alright, I don't think we're doing a buzzer beater today. When we get over to this premiere, I'm going to gift 10 members. You guys can keep gifting over there if you want. If you hit the 75, I'll owe you 5 more. I'll owe you 15. This premiere is about the leadership shakeup at Xbox. What does it mean? Right? What's going to go on? I think we have a pretty good indication of where we're going to be heading. There is a link in the chat. There's a link in the chat. Use that link to go to the premiere, or you can ride the redirect. Uh, Thank you guys so much for being here. I'll see you over there in the premiere.